0: Welcome to Sage Post 47th podcast, Pomona College's alumni podcast. This is your host, Sierra Ty Brownlee, and thank you for listening and joining us today. Today, I am joined by Alfredo Romero, Pomona College class of 1991 and current member of the Alumni Association. Welcome, Alfredo, and thank you for being on today.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me here.
0: Of course, of course. Now, to dive right in, I'd love to ask could you describe a little bit about your Pomona experience and some of the activities that you were involved with?
1: Uh, Sure, I'd be happy to, uh, if I can think back that far, right? Uh, So I started uh, at Pomona in the fall of 1987. Uh, So that that seems like a long time ago. Uh, In fact, this year, uh, we're in 2021, I'm celebrating my 30th. Uh, reunion. Uh, and when I look back, um, I, I grew up in Southern California. Uh, I had come here uh, when I was eight years old from Mexico. Uh, and, and I guess technically uh, DACA didn't exist, but I, I was undocumented
0: uh, mm-hmm. when
1: I got here. Uh, but I, I did really well in, in school, uh, in junior high, high school, and um, was very interested in, in you know, mathematics and engineering and all of that. Um, and found out about Pomona through uh, a Harvey Mudd program, actually, that came to my high school. Uh, and the more I learned mm-hmm. about it, the more I, I really fell in love with the opportunities. Uh, I started at Pomona as a, uh, as a physics major, part of the 3-2 program, three years at Pomona, two years at Caltech. I think that's still, uh, still available. Okay. And, um, and, and basically, uh, during my time here, the liberal arts just called to me, right? I, I started very much in a STEM track uh, yeah. you know physics uh, engineering chemistry all of that mathematics and and the more that I, I took uh, a variety of classes economics in particular but uh, you mm-hmm. know everything from philosophy to writing to to that it just it, it, it I ended up staying at Pomona uh, switching my my major to economics and and then you know graduating and going on into uh, what is now marketing um, and it's been a it's been a, a it, it really strange trip but it's it, it makes sense <laughs> when you look back at it right
0: very cool and so when you entered Pomona it seemed like you possibly had an idea of what you wanted to study but then that changed could you talk a little bit about your process of deciding to change and how um, you were influenced by certain maybe experiences at Pomona uh,
1: sure yeah I mean. Um... I I love to tell people I hated economics in high school, right? I I just, it it, it was probably the teacher. I'm not sure what it was, but I love physics. And so that was, that sent me on the track that I I originally started in. And uh, I've always liked numbers. I've always liked analysis. I've always liked uh, problem solving. But Mm -hmm. uh, when I, I, like I said, I took different classes at Pomona, I realized that uh, liking numbers and mathematics didn't mean that you had to major in, in a STEM class, right? That problem solving involved more than just uh, you know, putting numbers on a page and trying to figure out the answer. It was also very much um, you know, trying to understand uh, society overall. And I think that's yeah. kind of what led me to go in that direction. So uh, taking, taking an econ class, taking a, I actually took a writing intensive uh, physics lab so yeah. that I was doing writing, not just um, not just solving the, the, the problems or doing the experiment and writing up yeah. the, 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 uh, the results, but actually explaining the why behind it, right? And sort of my own interpretations and, and, and learning to understand the reasons behind a lot of the conclusions that we came to. And so I think gradually being exposed to uh, not just the faculty, but the, my fellow students, uh, I, I met a lot of uh, a lot of people in my class and in classes uh, before me that uh, were also studying economics and, and, mm-hmm. and uh, they were, you know, there were all kinds of different majors as well. You know, the English majors and, and uh, theater majors. And it just it it uh, it just created some very interesting, uh, you know, dorm room conversations, uh, dorm yeah. room hallway conversations <laughs> that led me to realize that I, I wanted to do more than just uh, sit in the lab um, you know, doing experiments. Uh, You know, I wanted to, I wanted to experience more about the world and why, why it did what it, why it does what it does. Um, I think at one point I I, I told people that the reason I chose economics was because I wanted to be able to read at the time, the Wall Street Journal, but basically Mm -hmm. any financial paper and understand everything it said, Mm -hmm. right? Because it was describing the world as it was from politics to business, to, to everything else. And, yeah. Uh, that, that's the curiosity that kind of led me to, to where I was, where I am actually.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then as, as you progress through Pomona, was there a particular career that you wanted to pursue? And if not, how did you go about maybe exploring different options? And then eventually what did you choose to pursue after graduation?
1: Yeah. The, the hot ticket when I was there, uh, was consulting, right? Everybody yeah. wanted to go into management <laughs> consulting. I think it still is. It is. Uh, it's very attractive. Um, it is um, very much the, the, you know, for every econ major, they, they want to go and, 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 uh, and become, uh, you know, a consultant. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I looked at that and I, I did do some interviews, um, uh, you know, on campus. Uh, unfortunately, there were a couple of things there that, that kind of led me away from it. One of them was the economy. Uh, in, in, if you, it's probably you know part of, of the curriculum now. But in the early 90s, the economy wasn't doing very well. Uh, there were not a lot of jobs. Uh, in fact, I think most of my classmates, uh, al- along with myself, graduated from Pomona without a job offer. And so we had to kind of make our way uh, through uh, afterwards. And um, so that was one part. There weren't many jobs available. Uh, and the other part was the more I looked at consulting, the more... Um, the, the lifestyle wasn't quite what I was looking at, um, which is, it is interesting. I mean, if you, there was, I, I love the travel aspect of it and I, and I didn't shy away from the work, but the fact that you had no social life, right. Uh, if you're in consulting, you're working 80 to a hundred hour weeks, uh, and, uh, basically have no time for, for anything else, which is perfectly fine. And I don't, don't have a problem with that uh, as a choice for a lot of people, but I, that's just not what I wanted to, to do. I'm very family oriented. I have friends. I wanted to, you know, be able to, to do, um, uh, you know, things other than, than just work. And so mm-hmm. uh, I think the lifestyle just didn't quite, quite match, uh, what I was looking for, which is probably a good decision, uh, in, in hindsight as well, because I don't, I, I think I wouldn't have had the, the, the exposure to, Um, I guess to that I use now for marketing, you know, of knowing the consumers, knowing, knowing people uh, and how they react. So um, those two factors basically contributed. I didn't go on to consulting, but um, I ended up working uh, for, and this, this is ironic since it was the early nineties, but I ended up working for a real estate developer uh, through networking at Pomona. And it was, that's one Mm -hmm. of the things that I think is a really good, uh, thing about, uh, socializing with, with your students, right. That is that they, um, with your fellow students is that you, you develop connections and there's always, you know, a couple of phone calls, emails, or texts away from, Hey, I have a friend who's looking for uh, something in your area. Um, somebody that could help with the following uh, qualifications and, and you just sort of meet people, um, there's also mm-hmm. the recognition on your resume. I, I know that I got interviews at the least, if not job offers, based on the fact that Pomona College was um, was on the resume, um, and so uh, it was it was helpful to do that, especially in in a uh, an economic atmosphere where you know there aren't a lot of jobs being offered. Yeah. Uh, but I ended up yeah in, in real estate, real estate development, uh, and then. Uh, Um, you know, just kind of started the path of, of, uh, just doing marketing analysis, uh, and, and, uh, you know, problem solving. It's always, always been problem solving.
0: Okay. Well, yeah, I'm glad that, um, you were able to figure things out, especially during a tough time after graduation. Like I'm sure many recent grads have, um, experienced for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. and then after, um, your time working in this real estate, Mm -hmm. where did you move on from there and how did you kind of continue along the path of marketing?
1: So what, what I did is, is, um, as I, I wouldn't say I I, I peaked as I was looking for more opportunities. Mm -hmm. Um, I ended up applying to a, a nonprofit group of hospitals out here in California um, and a lot of it, um, a, a lot of my experience in, in real estate development with, with you know running numbers and doing analysis and working with databases, uh, there was a lot about this particular uh, job opportunity that, that resonated with me, right? There was a lot of analysis and planning and, and uh, you know, it turns out, problem-solving in, in the service area that the hospital served. It was basically uh, an opportunity for me to take what I had learned and, and apply it to, to the community, mm-hmm. right? Uh, something that I, I, I hadn't thought about, but when I, but when I, I did it um, and joined this, this, this hospital group uh, was, was really rewarding. Um, and then that's when I discovered that I needed uh, graduate school, Right. I I kind of found myself sitting at my desk at one point uh, thinking, I I need to know more about this. I need to know what's what's behind all of these numbers. And I ended up applying to uh, to business school from there, Mm -hmm. uh, which then led me to, uh, you know, the market more a little bit more marketing discipline uh, and led me through again, through networking and through conversations into working in the manufacturing field as, as uh, you know, product manager, marketing, and and, and, and that. So uh, it's been, like I said, it's been a strange trip, but it's, it's you know, if you look at it back, if you look back on it, uh, the, the common thread has always been just analysis and problem solving and, and you know, trying to apply uh, some logic to the way people act, which, again, is marketing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and if you were to describe... Where you would like to go in the future and where you are currently how would you describe those two things
1: so a lot of what i'm doing now uh, is is a result of my experiences uh, working for for manufacturers for business to uh, business and uh, companies and what I did basically, this is about a year ago. All right, right uh, around where the pandemic started, mm-hmm. um, I found myself in a situation again where there were few jobs. Um, you know, because of COVID, there were, you know, a lot of companies were were uh, decreasing their staffs. Uh, one thing I have to warn people that want to go into marketing is marketing tends to be the first uh, part of the first round of layoffs in a lot of companies and a lot of oh. manufacturers. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's counterintuitive because I really, what I, what I, what you should be doing more of is trying to increase your branding and trying to get, uh, you know, your customers to, to be more loyal, but, um, budget wise, um, that, that discipline tends to be, uh, you know, just a casualty of, of, Mm -hmm. uh, of workforce reduction. So again, I found myself in a position where I, there were not a lot of jobs available, but this time I had a lot more. Relationships, networking opportunities, and experience yeah. in the B two B field. Um, one of the things that I realized was that because a lot of companies are reducing their marketing staffs, they still need the um, they still need somebody to to do marketing for them. Mm-hmm. And now the people that are left in a marketing department, uh, you know, marketing departments would go from ten people to three people, right, or five people to one person. They're still trying to do the same amount of work, and so they need support, right? Yeah. They need uh, they need somebody who can step in and do uh, some of the either the grunt work or the strategy work. Um, some of the smaller companies who don't have a marketing department and are trying to do it themselves need somebody that that has done the the you know the marketing director or the marketing mm-hmm. VP job, uh, and so that's kind of where I'm stepping in. Uh, I we, we, I call it fractional marketing or a few of us call it fractional marketing uh, so it's, so I'm sort of a part-time marketing director for for the companies that that I work with and I think uh, you know you asked about the future that's that's kind of where I'd like to like to be uh, you know filling in for small companies that are looking to grow that don't quite have the um, the marketing discipline, or the marketing department, or can't really afford a full-time marketing department. I, I can, I can do that for them, and what it does is it just gives me the flexibility of, um, of being able to do what I, what I enjoy doing, what I, what I have experience yeah. doing, and and do it for, um, you know, for several people.
0: Mm-hmm. You mentioned a little bit earlier that um, one of the first things you tell people who might want to get into marketing is that mm-hmm. it's tough in the sense that you might be like the first one to go um, Mm -hmm. during layoffs. And what other advice would you give or maybe insights do you have for someone who is interested in going into marketing?
1: Um, Keep up with technology. Um, There is, um, there definitely is a um, a slant towards, um, obviously, you know, social media and analytics and numbers. And it's, what's interesting is I've been now in, in the professional world long enough to have seen this, um, emerge as, as a trend, uh, mm-hmm. back when I started marketing was a lot more creative and colors and logos. And there's still a lot of that, but yeah. it's much more, um, it is much more as a bigger foundation in, in numbers, Right, people. People did not used to talk about marketing ROI. Now it's everywhere, um, and what technology has allowed us to do is to really understand a lot of people's activities um, from from a number standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there were a lot of, uh, actually, there still are. I've, I've worked, I've worked with and, and, and for a few people who still rely on their gut to to describe the the consumer, and that's really not necessary anymore. You can actually, um, you know, there, there still is a lot of, a lot of, um, you know, intuition that you, you, you can bring into it, but you can now, uh, have a thought that you, that of the way a consumer may or may not be, but you can now have the research to, to, to prove that. Uh, you know, there's, if you have an, if you're not have an online presence, there's, you know, there's things like AB testing, uh, that is that is pretty ubiquitous in, in there. Um, if you are a not right now, but if you're in a brick and mortar, brick and mortar shop right where you have mm-hmm. people coming in, you can actually do um, you know surveys or loyalty programs that will actually show you how people react to to different things that you do and different campaigns. Um, and you can measure that. So um, there, there's a lot of of uh, there's a lot more numbers analysis than there used to be. Uh, And I think I don't I don't think that I'm telling anybody uh, that that either is either a recent graduate or a current student at Pomona that doesn't know this, because I think it's 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 just become part of the literature now for for marketing and for for business overall. Uh, But it's it's important to know that there's a combination there between between the numbers and and sort of, uh, you know, the, the 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 knowledge of the market, as it were.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. Where would you say that the industry might be moving to in the future?
1: Um, it it's, has been moving this way, and I think it's going to become more and more. Um, we we talk about mass customization. Um, actually, what's really interesting is just uh, this. This weekend, I, I took a kind of a getaway trip. Uh, you know, uh-huh. masked and you know social distanced and all of that, but. Um, <laughs> I ended up at a, uh, a just a record store, a vinyl record store uh, that was just, yeah. you know, neighborhood store. It's a, you know, a couple that runs it. The, the, the uh, they they have oh, they had millions of, of, of records, which was amazing. I, I could have spent all day there. Wow. But <laughs> what struck me there was that um, the the lady behind the counter struck up a conversation about a few of the bands. And it wasn't just me that I, mm-hmm. I overheard other customers that would come in and they would talk about preferences and they would talk about what they uh what they liked, what they didn't like uh what um some artists sounded like other artists and so mm-hmm. that portion of um of the customer experience is something that is very very much valued by the consumer but hasn't been replicated by a lot of the larger retailers, right? And right yeah. now, uh, because of the pandemic, because of, um, you know, the closures and, and, and out of necessity, really, what we're left with are the, uh, the large brand stores, right? The, the Targets, the Walmarts, the, the Home Depots, the, you know, the, the Vons and all. And they have a, a, I guess, sort of a distance between themselves and the customer, that mm-hmm. uh, that is has been traditionally just kind of the relationship between the customer and the store, and we've gone away from that that mom and pop shop feel, of when you walk in through the door, you you're greeted either either you know with a friendly tone or sometimes even by name if you're a regular customer, uh, mm-hmm. and so if you walk into a shoe store, uh, knowing that. Uh, the the store owner knows your shoe size and your preferences, and and you know a style of shoe or that you've been looking for something particular. And they turn to you and they say, "Hey, by the way, we've got a pair of you know these these shoes that you were looking for, in in your size, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, and in, in 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 green because that's your favorite color." That experience mm-hmm. is something I think that more consumers crave, uh, and because of again because of technology i think that's something that can be replicated um, both online uh and sometimes even um in a uh you know in in a sort of customer loyalty type of of interaction and i think that's kind of where Mm -hmm. marketing is going because i think that's where the consumer really wants it to go but yeah we just need the technology to evolve enough to to be able to to do that and of course, there's, you know, privacy uh, concerns and there's, you know, all kinds of other things that that need to be uh, uh, considered. But if, um, if if it was up to me, uh, I, I and I had a retail store, that's where I would want it to be. Uh, I would want to be able to have people visit me and go, hey, you know, this is what you want. And uh, you can kind of see that with Amazon somewhat because they, you know, this is what you shopped for before and these are the preferences and there's some algorithms there. Yeah,
0: that's true. But
1: it's not it's not quite there. Uh, there's a few things that that mm-hmm. uh, you know and, and maybe it's 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 my my eye that looks at it and goes, "Oh, okay, that's why you're recommending this because of A, B and C." <laughs> and I can see right through it. I, I I could be I could be wrong. Most most consumers could go, "Oh, wow, look at that. They know me. I I bought this before and they're showing it to me again." But Uh, I think there's a little bit more refining to do there, but I think that, you know, in the next five to 10 years, we'll probably see something a lot closer to that.
0: Wow. Interesting. Um, but yeah, I think like you just mentioned when maybe like an ad pops up Mm -hmm. based on, I don't know what you've been looking at. I think sometimes people find that a bit creepy. Um, but (laughs) I think that, you describe it going that could be really interesting and
1: and i mean and there's there's um it's funny i'm thinking of the movie uh the minority report which was very interesting in a lot of ways um and i think there was a a scene in there where i think tom cruise walks in with somebody else's eyeballs i don't know if you've seen it but basically yeah your identity is it's your identity is just based on 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 a particular feature of you and he walks into a store And the uh, the billboards within the store automatically recognize him uh, as, you know, the person that he's pretending to be and start offering Mm -hmm. him discounts and offering him products based on his previous preferences. (laughs) And this is all physical. Uh, And so I think there's already sort of a direction to going in there. But you're absolutely right. It needs to be not creepy. And and that's (laughs) that's probably the biggest hurdle that we have right now.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, cool things. Um, now, going back to your time at Pomona, mm-hmm. were there any maybe professors or classes that you remember had a large impact on you?
1: There were two professors that are still there that I can talk about. And then there's mm-hmm. a, a few that are uh, that are no longer actually no longer with us, they, they have passed away. But uh, my advisor was Professor Brown, Professor Eleanor Brown, with whom I, whom I have, still have a relationship. Uh, we emailed back and forth and we've Zoomed uh, in the past, recently, she was my advisor, mm-hmm. she was great. Uh, uh, and so she had a big influence. Uh, professor Gary Smith um, really was my first econ professor. He's the one that kind of made economics, uh, I guess, enjoyable enough to consider as mm-hmm. a major. Uh, and so they're they're both still there. And I'm, I'm glad that 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 they are because I get to visit them when I go back on campus. Um, there was um, actually my first physics professor, Professor Yale, who, who passed away a while ago, was uh, was actually quite mm-hmm. a character. Uh, and it was um, you, you sort of envision um, you know, what college is going to be like when you first start. Uh, and then you walk into to Seaver, which is now uh, uh, Seaver Theater, which was uh, which is now in Mil- what Millican is. It was a theater next to next to Woodmillican Millican uh, building or, or actually they, that that's a new building. It's renamed the, the Science Building. Um, and the professor, Professor Yale would stand there at the front uh, wearing a, a tie, a shirt and Birkenstocks. Right. right nice yeah and it was you just sort of walk in you go okay this is this is what college is all about and that was it was fun and he was uh he was really good uh very you know made made physics fun um and that was that was really cool um there were a couple of other professors uh, actually uh almost everybody right uh, um when i took i took a a class in uh, uh japanese politics and it was a visiting professor Mm -hmm. and I had never really, uh, had any kind of, uh, uh, you know, education or, or learned anything about, about, uh, uh, you know, Asia or, or anything at all. And, um, and I, I learned quite a bit about just inner international relationships, uh, you know, between that. Um, and, um, you know, there, there was just, it was just a great experience. Just, uh, Well, I guess the the learning uh, portion of that is is that uh, I I would encourage um, all the students just to take uh, classes outside of their of their major, maybe classes outside of their comfort zone, uh, because Mm -hmm. some of the most memorable experiences that I had were classes in in Japanese politics or a class in drawing, uh, you know, um, or or philosophy. that it just exposes you to a, to a different, uh, you know, to a different world. And, and I think rounds out the education. I can definitely say that it helped me as I was working um, in the international department at, at one of the companies I worked for. I interacted a lot with people from all over the globe. And these experiences really helped me because there were a lot of things that, um, that I could have conversations on that, that, you know, I could have conversations yeah. about philosophy or, you know, the classics or, uh, you know, or Japanese history or, or anything, you know, just on a, on enough of a level to be able to communicate with people that, that mm-hmm. just made for really enjoyable conversations.
0: Yeah. Now, as we wrap up um, this interview, I think that something current students might be struggling with, especially underclassmen is kind of deciding what they want to pursue and what they want to study. So do you have any advice in terms of how to figure that out or how to go about navigating that process?
1: I would suggest uh, that when you're when you're looking at, at your own experience to dig deep and figure out, you know, kind of find the, the nugget that really ties it all together, right? We, we, we tend to to make assumptions about, well, I like numbers, so I should go into math or, um, you know, I, I like, um, you know, I, I, I like medicine or I like, uh, you know, OCHEM, although I don't know anybody that likes OCHEM, but, um, (laughs) they, you know, so I should be a doctor. Um, and sometimes there's, there's something below that, uh, that, that maybe may help you realize that, there's different avenues than the traditional ones that we look at, right? Of, of going into, into the, you know, management consulting or going into law or going into medicine. Uh, There's so many different uh, avenues where you can, um, you can use your talents and you can use your experience um, that may open up to you as, as you, as you open up to, to other opportunities. So, um, Mm -hmm. You know, and and I would look at discipline rather than industry, because uh, that's another way to slice and dice it. Right. Uh, you can be um, you, you can choose to work in, in manufacturing, but you don't have to be a product manager. You can uh, you can work in human resources if that's something that that you think, uh, you know, will help will help, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the company. Uh, or you can work in, um, you can work in the legal department for a retailer, uh, you know, so, so the industry isn't necessarily the indicator of what you're doing. It's more like the discipline yeah. within it. Um, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, one of the things I really, really enjoyed about, uh, about working in real estate, even though I'm not a, you know, big construction guy was just the, the knowledge that, especially with, when you're, when you're working with a builder that builds uh, uh you know entry-level homes you're helping families um you know move into their first home and so there's there's a certain community yeah. certain satisfaction that you get from that and i think you can get that kind of satisfaction no matter where you work um and uh it, i think it's important i think for for I, I think a majority of of pomona uh alumni it's that satisfaction that really keeps you getting up uh, you know, out, out of bed every morning and, 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 enjoying what you do. Uh, it's not so much where you're working or who you're working f- uh, for, but rather, you know, the difference you're making, uh, where it is that you mm-hmm. are.
0: Yeah. It's good advice indeed, because I think a lot of people do maybe, um, know they like one specific thing mm-hmm. and think that, oh, that means I should go down this path. Um, So,
1: yeah, there's so many different disciplines that that you can work in. Um, You know, there's I I, I can't name them all, but every single uh, industry has a lot of different people doing different things. And uh, one of the things I like to point out to to uh, my my children is if you look at the end credits, when you finish a video game, you look at all of the different people that all do all the different things to make that video game so you can work in video games and not be a coder. Because you have voice actors, you have storyboard people, you have directors, you have uh, you know, the marketing people, you have the packaging people, you have distribution people. And every, every single one of those people go into working uh, in, in for that particular video game. Um, you know, entertainment is the same way. Uh, you know, everything has different disciplines that if you like an industry, but you, know, you, you like video games, but you really don't like coding, you can still work in the video game industry. Uh, you just don't have to be, yeah. you know, a
0: programmer on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think this is where we'll wrap it up, Alfredo. Thank you. But thank you so much for being on. Um, I've loved our conversation and I appreciate you taking the time today.
1: Absolutely. Always happy to uh, to to try to put some sense into things. <laughs>
0: <Excellent>. <laughs> yeah, you did indeed. Well, thank Okay, everyone. Well, thank you for listening and take care.